What if humans laid eggs? What if humans laid eggs? What if humans laid eggs? Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of What If Humans Laid Eggs. As you might be able to tell, the witching hour draws near. And so, <laughs> we are doing a Halloween special of What If Humans Laid Eggs. I Ooh. am one of the triumvirate hosting this, Jack. I am the spookiest one, Tim. And I'm Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Disappointing Sam. (laughs) And Sam. And And Sam's here for the ride as well. (laughs) But Jack is absolutely correct. We are going to do a spooky Halloween episode. Mm. Oh, yeah. So get ready to sweat, everybody. Get ready to shit your pants. I have. I already have, so I just got (laughs) out of the way. Jack does not do well with scary stories, (laughs) as we learned from... Um, previous episodes yeah i am i'm hilariously ill-equipped to deal with this so just doesn't like you it. can what we're gonna have is uh sam and tim enjoying reading the buzz the thrill of the scary stories and me quietly or maybe loudly having a mental breakdown in the corner that's what's gonna happen here. yeah we'll just see how it goes It'll be great yeah be great time. yeah yeah but but jack how are you with uh horror films uh also not great but I'm pretty sure we've seen a few over the I years. I think you've hacked them, yeah. The thing, the thing with horror films is, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you now, um, okay. All right. is that when I'm watching it, obviously I'm quite scared, but, you know, no, no more so than anyone else probably is. And, like, the night afterwards, I'm also fine. I'm kind of like, oh, well, yeah, you know, that happened. Um, but the problem is, I have a very, like, Im- active imagination... And so, mm. coupled with a relatively good memory, I never forget. And then, in sort of monthly-ish cycles, I'll just be lying in bed. And then I'll just... My brain will go through every uh, horror film, the scary bits that I've ever seen. Um, so it just feels like watching more horror films is just giving more ammunition for my brain to terrify me with on regular So it's intervals. that residual effect then? Yeah. Yeah, it leaves me yeah. scarred, basically, is what we're saying. <laughs> I think I'm the same. I can watch a really scary film. I can never watch a scary film film on my own. It, it, that's no. like a group activity. Oh, God, that's no. horrific. Oh, God, yeah. No. yeah, Who's doing that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, that? I'm slightly afraid just thinking about doing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wouldn't do it. But even in the moment, it's scary, mm. and the jump scares get you. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's scary. But I feel fine. But I know in, like two nights time it's gonna fucking come back <laughs> in my brain and that's yeah that's where it's yeah. at but i think we've had this discussion before jack is that the reason that's almost you can use that to not be scared at horror films whereas if you watch enough of them then you you reach a, a point where you've <coughs> seen so many ridiculous scary things that you just, if you think about one of them, I'm like, okay, well, I've thought about one scary thing. And if I focus on it, I'll be scared. Let's instead think about every single scary thing I've ever seen in films. 
And then you think about all of them, and because you're thinking about all of them, you're like, ah, eh, none of them were really that scary in comparison. So you just kind of, I feel like the way I get through that is by just inundating my brain with scary stuff to the stage where I'm like, oh, well, it's all not real then. And then you can forget about it. I, I just don't think that's going to happen, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I oh, think it was one day if you watch enough scary films, I reckon you wouldn't be scared of them anymore. I feel I like think that's more, true. The more prudent course of action is to just not. I'm sure that's true, <laughs> but that could also be a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like, My current you just plan, be a wreck where I afterwards. avoid them as much as possible, is the safest one, and so that's yeah, what from, I'm yeah, sticking just, to. Yeah, I'm sticking to it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's that right. is the safest option, and it, yeah. it could be a disaster. Right? We could. Just ruin you, you turn into a crumbling mess who just shakes just himself a shivering to wreck. sleep every night, just doesn't sleep. <laughs> just a thousand yards stare. <laughs> I'm, just can't I'm, I'm, I'm trying to avoid that. That's it's really the, jumpy. That's you know, like, open the door. <laughs> <laughs> He's so on edge. <laughs> like, hear a butterfly land on the other side of a field with the shit. <laughs> just start screaming. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, God. Oh, oh dear. Um, right. Uh, so yeah, um, have we explained what we're going to do? Yeah, we're going to tell stories. Well, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the plan Sam, was Sam, just lay it out, lay out for us. You go, you what we're we going to do, right? Here we go. So, Jack's going to tell a story, and well, if it's shit, he's going to tell stories. another story. Yeah. yeah, and if they're both shit, we're just going to say, Jack, stop, <laughs> and then Tim's going <laughs> to thank go. you for coming. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you know where the door is. We'll just. We'll just ignore that. No, yeah. So we're going to each tell some stories. I've got one. I've got a really long one. So we're going to save that one till the end. Um, and then, yeah, we're just going to... Yeah. We're going to, that's what we're going to do. We've hopefully arranged it in order of scariness. Because um, we're yeah, just assuming think... that mine are probably going to be terrible. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited. I want, I want to know what you've, what you've bought. What if humans laid eggs? Right. <laughs> So, yeah, in, in my attempts to find scary stories consisted of me, like, a week ago going onto Google and typing in scary stories to read in the dark. <laughs> yeah, point, I did the same thing. I discovered that that was a horror film. So I just kept getting the IMDb and other stuff coming up for that. So I switched tacks and I edited it to be, like, scary stories to tell people or something similar to that and having read a number of ones that weren't scary including one that was just a parody of horror films or something um i have found the what's it called what's it called here we go from reddit's depths the 10 best adults only ghost stories um adults only saucy only guys there's going to be some sex. Yeah, I want sex. There, there yeah. was I, I, raunchy I'm, ghost sex. I'll, I'll be honest, there's no raunchy ghost sex. I'm going to let you know. Oh, you know how to disappoint a man. I mean, I'm not actually sure they're that <laughs> scary. Or, or maybe they're just marketed at people who are even more afraid of scary stories than me. Because If it says adults um, only... I did. I did get a little bit of a chill occasionally, but I, was, I, could, I, I read it all. It was fine. So, okay. um, I'm going to start What's it called? with The Guardian. Oh. There we go. Um, mm. 
and it goes a bit like this. <laughs> so fuck it out. Don't wrap it, Jack. No one starts don't a wrap scary story door. like that, and it goes a bit like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst way to do that. To intro that story. Okay. Well, here we go. Um, I had been on the phone with my then boyfriend, and he said something that made me think he was a chauvinistic, not nice person. And I remember telling him that if he knew anything about me, he knew exactly where I was going to go. And I hung up the phone, got in my car. I drove to the park. The sun was kind of down below the tree line, but it wasn't dark yet, and I pulled into the parking lot. I thought it was weird that there were two other cars pulled side by side and talking to each other. When I got out, the guy in the truck just stared at me in a horrible way. You know, when someone is just look, looks at you and they're looking through you as if you don't exist. I thought, well, this is weird. It's late and no one's ever here. And then I thought, whatever, they're leaving. I don't care. I have my own problems. I only took my keys with me because I didn't want a big purse banging around. I headed across the field, which you have to cross to get to the woods because there's no trail. I was taking my time and calming down. And then I realised it got really quiet. I didn't hear the birds and the squirrels anymore. I just heard something big moving through the woods. I thought to myself, maybe it's a dog. And then I heard the voices. The first voice is a male's voice. And he said, I know I saw her go this way. She couldn't have gotten that far. Then the second voice comes and it's quieter. And it says, shh, she'll hear you. Okay, so there are two men in the woods and they're looking for something, obviously. And I kept thinking, it must be their dog. They must have lost their dog. And then I thought, they wouldn't try to sneak up on it. I stood there frozen, because that's the kind of person I am. Classic. Uh, and I could hear them getting closer to me. I, didn't, I don't know how long I stood there waiting for them to get to me, but I was completely frozen. And then I heard the other voice. It was distorted, like if you heard someone talking through a closed door or talking underwater... You could understand what they were saying, but the voice wasn't right. It wasn't in my head because it had a volume and a pitch that changed that. Change that my thoughts definitely don't do. I could almost feel where it was coming from. It was behind me and a little above, above me, like it was taller than me. It just said, go to the river now. I don't know if, it, if I was more scared of the fact that there's some disembodied voice or a person talking to me, or there are two men in the woods. I listened to the voice, but because I didn't really have other options, I took off towards the river. I made a ton of noise because I was just going as fast as I could, and the voice came back and said, no, quietly. I got to the river and jumped down the embankment. I squished myself against it, squeezing down to the smallest, tightest ball I could. The voice kept telling me to stay, and I just sat there, hoping whoever was in the woods was going to leave and that I wasn't having some kind of breakdown. I kept hearing them moving through the woods, and I could tell they had split off. As I sat there, the voice just kept telling me to stay in quiet over and over again, like it was trying to comfort me. I could hear what sounded like someone was right above me, and if I leaned out, they could see me. But I just had to look. I tilted my head up a tiny bit, and I could see the tips of these construction boots just hanging over the edge. And I could see hanging next to them this dirty old rope, just swinging next to them. Swinging. I don't... I think I even thought anything, I was so scared. I just tried not to breathe. It felt like hours, but I know it couldn't have been that long. The voice was 
The voice even was completely silent. There was nothing but me hearing this man breathing. He started to walk away at some point, and the voice kept telling me to, to wait, so I waited. And finally the voice said, go, now to the field, go now. It was screaming at me so loud, so I ran through the woods and just got out to the field, far, far away from the cars and street. It was getting dark, and I could see the parking lot, but it was so far away. I'm running, and I start hearing footsteps running. First, they're farther away, but they're so much faster than I am, barreling after me, and there was nothing. I fully expected to see at least one of the men, but it was silent. The only thing I could, I could think was that the footsteps must have belonged to the voice. And I hear it again, screaming at the top of its lungs that I need to run now. And the footsteps come back, and they're in pace with me, running next to me through the field. I had a thousand crazy thoughts, because none of this made any sense. It's Jesus. Finally, I get to my car, and I see both the cars were parked in different places with nobody in them. I refuse to look behind me. If there hadn't been a voice, I would probably be a missing persons case. It got me out of there. Oh. <gasps> So there's uh, a voice I would say and some creepy the, people in a wood. <laughs> yeah. Her biggest problem there is it is it was it a she? Mm. Yeah. Her biggest problem so. there is hearing voices. Mm. Yeah. That's not a good sign. Um I don't I don't I don't think now that's scary. I'm I was I'm not quite sure. I thought the voice was going to be evil, or maybe it's like I don't a know, guardian get hung. <laughs> it was called the guardian, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair. I forgot about that. But do you think? Because I've read some stories, and I've 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 heard some stories like this of like, oh, as in a, you know, your instincts go crazy, and then you hear a voice that says "run." Mm. Do you think you're actually hearing a voice, or is that just your instincts telling you to run? I don't. I don't know. No. I think it it depends how you're inclined. I think if you believe that you could hear a voice telling you to run, I think it's you're more likely to to hear it. If that makes sense. But if yeah. if you're just a person who doesn't believe in any of that and you're instantly so to run, you probably just say that you ran. Yeah. Well, okay. That was a um, was a good starter. <laughs> <laughs> No, audience, if that if that freaked you out, I mean... Then you're, yeah, in, we you're got, in trouble. You're in trouble, yeah. You might I think wanna... the problem with these stories, actually, is because they're all... I think they're all pitched as, like, this happened to me. And then, obviously, it happens to you and you kind of survived. So... Right. Yeah, I, I, I think... Rather than someone who's made up a really scary story. Or hmm. someone who's been like, this actually happened, but it wasn't to me or something, you know. Yeah, I also I think us reading them and laughing definitely takes the edge <laughs> yeah. off of the uh, what if this was true a, a truly horrific event yeah. for this person. Also, yeah. I feel like she went into the woods. She Why did, did she go into the woods? I she should have just gone just back to the car and drove off. I think she was just, just trying to clear speed. her head. She is a thrill speed. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. just. I go out to the woods all the time. Yeah. Do you? at night. No, fuck. Well, well no, there we go um, then. <laughs> was this at night? Yeah, because it was getting dark. Oh, I was. It was sunsetting oh, when she went into the woods. That's true. Yeah. Which is just... What a dusk. That's a nice time to go to the woods. I've got caught in the woods when it gets dark. So I guess I've done that once, but that's only once. Yeah. And that's, that's woods I know. Maybe she knew the woods. She did. 
She went to the park because at the start she was arguing with her boyfriend or something. That's true. She did know. Well, mm. all right, all right. I think Tim just hasn't paid attention here. That's no, I was listening. I listened to. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to re-clarify oh, the whole story. Got a really nice cup of tea here that's distracting me. It's a nice comforting uh, vanilla chai because I thought I might get scared. Oh, Tim, quick sidebar. Did you listen to any Radio Rental? I did. I listened to the one that you suggested. and um, what, did you, what did you think? I thought it was good, um, but I also thought that it was... Um, some of them... One of them was a bit crap. One of them was like... Just not really a story about anything. But another one was the one with the lady, the babysitter was good. Yeah. 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 Some of them are good. Some of them will be like, oh, fuck, that is. You just have to sort of, you just have to believe that they're telling the truth. Yeah, I think that's it. You have to realise that it's someone who's rang up these people and told a true story about their life. That's what makes yeah, it you, scary. Yeah. If you listen to it thinking, oh, it's bullshit, then you're not going to find any of them scary. Mm. It's just somebody... You have to take on faith that this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some of them are pretty good. Mm, For sure. Anyway, Jack, why don't you... I've got got another... Throw another one down. Rack up number two. Uh, Let's just just have a look. I'm just checking some of the later ones to see if they're any good. Let's have a gander, shall we? So are we going to put spooky thunder and rain sound effects to every... Story, even though it has nothing to do with rain and thunder. I hope so. I think that's probably wise. <laughs> okay. Just to get into the mood. Uh, okay, where where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh... Okay, this is a very short one. Um, mm. Which, yeah. Okay, here we go. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not sure if they're very good. Give it some gusto. Okay. Give it some voices, voice acting. Yeah, do some voices. Um, hold our hold suspense. Okay, well, there's not really, okay. <laughs> and action. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I used to babysit my cousin, Alyssa. She was little, maybe almost two, maybe a little older. Old enough to say sentences. I'm giving her a bath before bed when she looks out into the hallway and gets a terrified look on her face and starts crying. At this moment, my aunt's Pomeranian starts going nuts as well, barking and growling into the hallway. The atmosphere in the room became uncomfortable, and I started getting scared. I took her downstairs from the third floor in the townhouse to try and calm her down. I asked her what was wrong, and she said something along the lines of, the man with the black eyes was there. When I continued to pry, she looked up at the second floor stairs, her eyes getting big, and looks at me, bringing her finger up to her mouth, and said, shh, while shaking her head no. Oh, fuck. That's the end. Oh, that was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I know, I was, I was just... all of these stories, it's like, oh, we're just getting somewhere, and then it's yeah, just the end. Just getting, yeah. like, what? <laughs> that was... I, everything. I uh, searched old for ages for the good ones. I, I clearly was typing in the wrong They had it all. That, oh, that right. had it. That had it. I got, I got some shivers. Mm. One shiver. Yeah. A singular shiver for Tim. A singular shiver. That's the one. Because woods, I don't find scary. But fucking children and old houses. Ooh, yeah. And when they start yeah. acting up, like, no. Yeah. That, that, that's that's, that's the winning combo, yeah. isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. F that, that for a joke. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, good job, Jack. One shiver. How many <laughs> shivers were you on, Sam? 
I'll give you a, 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 a shiver, one shiver. <laughs> one shiver. That wasn't bad. This is, this is why we started with me. Because I don't <laughs> yeah. want you to tell us some horrifying, horrendous story and then have me at the end being like, oh, words. <laughs> so I've, I've got two. And one, um, one I did the same as Jack. I turned to the internet and asked, give me the best of your scariest stories um, yeah. on a specific scary story subreddit. Um, See, I checked Reddit, but a lot of them were quite short. I had the opposite experience. All the ones that I found were really long. Um, mm. So I've got a, I've got a long one, and then I've got a pretty short one. So, all right, Tim, give us the shivers. I'll give you, I'll give you the shivers. All right, give me a shiver. So, our, it's it's quite yeah, it's a lot to it, but yeah, you'll get we we'll get through it, we'll get through it together, guys. Okay. All right. What's it called? It's called. My sugar daddy asks me for weird favours. <laughs> okay. I, I want you to chew my toenails off. <laughs> I want you to lick the inside of my nose. <laughs> um, all right, okay. So. His Tinder profile said he was 45, but he looked to be in his early 30s at most. Looking for a sugar baby, $700 a week, no sex. It sounded too good to be true, but as a broadcast student, I was willing to take my chances. I swiped right, and Tinder let me know it was a match. His message came in seconds later. Hey there, sweetheart. I cringed at the word. I hated it. But $700 was $700, so I set that up and replied. Hey. His name was Jack. He told me he owned his business, although I never really asked what that was. He talked about it for a while before he asked me for my uh, Vimo to send over the first payment. After a few minutes, I got the notification. I stared at $700 for about 20 minutes, expecting to wake up from some sort of dream at any second. But it wasn't a dream. You still there? He said. I clicked on the message. Yeah, sorry. If you don't mind me asking, what are you looking for in return? I stared at the chat until he replied. I'm just looking for you to do a few favours for me, smiley face. That sounded like it was going to be sexual to me. Like what? For example, the first thing I need you to do is to pick up a delivery for me. That sounded innocent enough, but I was still expecting there to be some kind of twist. $700 to pick up a package? Come on, even I wasn't that naive. From the post office or something? No, I'll send you the address, but I'd rather not do it through Tinder. You got a number? Yeah, so I gave him my number, and he texted me the address immediately, followed by the address to his house, where I'd have to drop off the package. I'm not at home right now, but there's a key on the bottom of the blue flower pot near the door. Go inside, put the package on the coffee table in the living room. Make sure that you lock the door <coughs> when you go inside the house, and then lock it again when you leave. I grabbed my car keys and wallet and got into the car, putting the address into GMAPS. Got it? On my way. My phone buzzed as so I backed out the driveway. I'm serious. Lock the door both times, please. I thought it was a little excessive, but I promised him that I would. The house looked abandoned. It had a broken chain link fence around it with a small door that was hanging on for dear life. It stuck out like a sore thumb, surrounded by houses that were a lot nicer than this one. You here for Jack's shit? I look up to see a man standing in the open doorway of the house. 
He took up almost the entire space, his head skimming the top of the doorframe. He was huge in height and muscles, and his entire torso was covered in tattoos. Uh, yeah, I guess, I replied, not moving from my spot on the sidewalk. Stay right there, he said. I did. I actually don't think I would have moved if he had asked me to. I looked around and realised there was no one else in the street. I was a 21-year-old woman alone in the street. I gripped my car keys. A few minutes later, the man came back out, carrying a cardboard box, about the size of a shoebox, but stained and damp on one of the corners. Can you open your car? He asked. I opened the trunk, not wanting that on the inside of my car seats. No, thank you. All right, there you go. Here, he said. Thanks, I replied. Walked around to the driver's side of the car, opened the door. Oh, and one more thing, he said. I lifted him. Watch out, he said. Ooh. I didn't reply. I blasted my music as I drove to Jack's house, hoping it would drown out my anxiety. It didn't. I parked my car on the stone driveway and stayed inside the car, admiring the house. It was huge. Stone pillars on the front porch, the greenest grass I'd ever seen in my life. I turned the car off and got out. I grabbed the package, went to the door, and uh, get the, got the key from where he said it would be. I opened the door, stepped in, closing it behind me. Thought about what he said about locking the door when I got inside. I thought that was a little overboard, but I stared at the closed door, and for some reason something made me reach out and lock it. I walked inside, my feet were cushioned by a thick maroon carpet. I admired the inside of the house. All the furniture was wooden. It looked incredibly expensive. I'd probably finish a dozen times from school with the money that it took to furnish this place. I set the package down on the coffee table, and as I walked back to the door, I heard a phone ringing from somewhere inside the house. I froze. In my phone, in my pocket, my phone buzzed. I took it out. Don't answer any calls that aren't from Marvin. I put my phone back and followed the sound of the phone, poking my head into a few different rooms before I found the office. I walked over to a desk and looked at the caller ID. Incoming call from Jack. That was odd. I grabbed my phone to look at the message again. I was starting to get a little creeped out and decided I wouldn't answer, just to be safe. And I left the house, remembering to lock the doors I left. I've done a few more favours for Jack since then. I drove a BMW to a random park in Nova City and then drove a different car back to Jack's house. He had me want meet one of his employees at lunch and then gave me a briefcase to deliver to the first house I'd gone to and told me he would know if I looked inside. On several occasions, he asked me to drive down to that same house and stay with the guy whose name was Julio for a certain amount of time. In total, I made a ton of money, around 3,500. Most recently, Jack asked me to stay in his house overnight. I need you to spend the night at my house. I hadn't ever seen him in person, but I talked to him on the phone a few times. He proceeded to tell me he would pay me a thousand pounds to spend the night in his house, provided that I followed a few rules. I drove to his house that evening. The driveway was empty, as it normally was, but the porch light was on. I walked up, unlocked the door, went inside, locked it again. Everything in the house looked the same. Jack had told me over the phone he would leave a list of rules on the dining room table. I put down my stuff, wandered into the kitchen, and sure enough, on the dining room table was a piece of paper held down by an empty glass. Lock the door when you come in. 
only answer calls from Marvin. Don't turn on any faucets between 9pm and 11pm. Don't open the door for anyone, no matter who they say they are, after 10pm. If the door at the closet at the end of the hall is open, sleep in the library. If closed, sleep in the bedrooms. The gardener, <laughs> the gardener comes at midnight. If he starts knocking on the windows, hide. Turn the TV on and let it play static through the night. Do not forget to do this. Help yourself to anything in the fridge. I'll pay you in the morning. <laughs> I would have just at this point. I would have got the fuck out of there. I'd be like, no, nope, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I would have taken. I would have taken the the first seven hundred and, and yeah. just deleted Christ, it. Christ, these rules are all like. Hmm. Oh, I would that last also... one after all that batshit craziness is like. Feel free to take my pepperoni. Yeah. Hey, you just help yourself to anything in that fridge. <laughs> yeah. So nuts. I made sure to follow all the rules. To be honest, I was regretting my decision. But seeing as I was already here, I was getting paid, I decided to stay anyway. I figured as long as I followed all the rules, I'd be perfectly fine. Still felt a little bit odd. What was this? A haunted house? Nevertheless, I lounged in the house for a few hours, planning on going to sleep around 9, since that's the time for all the weird shit begins to happen. At 8.30, I brushed my teeth, using the faucet for the last time before 9. Checked the closet in the hallway, and upon seeing that it was open, I moved myself into the library and got ready to sleep. I locked the door just in case and lay on the couch, scrolling through my phone. Hadn't got any more messages from Jack, so I started to think up scenarios and reasons as to why he has such strange rules in his house. I dozed off at some point, and at exactly 10.16pm I was woken up by a doorbell ring. I was about to get up and check, and then I remembered the rule. Don't open the door for anyone no matter how, who they say they are, after 10pm. I stayed on the couch, trying not to move, paranoid that they would hear even the slightest sound. It's the police. Open up. I didn't move. Hello, it's the police. Open up or we're coming in. I still didn't move. I could hear my heartbeats in my ear. There was silence for a while after that. Then the doorbell rang again. Hey, it's Jack. Let me in. Sounded like Jack. Still, I didn't get up. He would have had a key, wouldn't he? Why would he need me to let him? This continued for almost a full hour. Different people would ring the doorbell, announce themselves, and then disappear when I didn't respond. Finally, I was able to sleep, and the gardener never came. When I woke up the next morning, I heard someone in the kitchen. I got up slowly, unlocked the door as quietly as possible, took my phone with me, and went into the kitchen. I stopped at the entrance and saw Jack. He was standing in front of the stove, stirring something as the coffee machine brewed coffee on the counter behind him. Hey, good morning, he said when he saw me. Hi, I replied, nervous. I hadn't seen him in person before, but he looked exactly like his pictures online. Scrambled eggs, he asked, motioning to a pan with a wooden spoon. Yeah, thanks, I replied, walking over. I ate the breakfast and drank some coffee. So how was it? he asked. It was okay, nothing super freaky happened, I replied. Cool, he replied. There was awkwardness in the room. I think I'm gonna go now, I have class. I trailed off. I didn't, but I really wanted to get out of there. Oh no, no, that's, that's fine. I'll talk to you another time, he said. I grabbed myself, he walked me to my car. <coughs> I could see him standing on the driveway, staring at me as I left. 
When I got home, I unpacked all my stuff and noticed I still had the list with me. I sat on my bed and read it again. I felt my body tense up as I realised I'd forgotten something. Turn the TV on and let it play static through the night. Do not forget this. Turn the TV on and let it play static through the night. Do not forget this. Do not forget this. I stared at the words on the page until they lost their meaning. Beside me, my phone buzzed, snapping me back to reality. It was a thousand pounds. I looked at my phone and then back at the list. Maybe it wasn't an important step. As I was just thinking this over, I got a text from Jack. I'm not in town right now. I should be back next week. So if you're free from, so you're free from running any more errands for me until then. Just sent the payment. Go do something fun. I stared at the message and read it again. And again. And again. I'm not in town right now. I thought back to this morning how Jack was in his house. How he gave me breakfast. I'm not in town right now. Within minutes, a new text came this time from a number that I didn't recognise. Did you forget to do something? Question mark. The text was followed by a picture of Jack, or whoever this version of Jack was, standing in front of the TV. I didn't respond. Next came another picture. This was outside my house. It was followed by another text. Watch out. There we go. Ooh. Ooh. That was good. That was very suspenseful. Was that good? Yeah. Did you enjoy that? That was good. <laughs> it was very long. How long was, was yeah, that? I think that's... That was quite stressful, I would say. That was pretty stressful. <laughs> yeah, I saw you squirming, Jack. Almost all of that. I was like, oh, I don't like this. Ah. <coughs> there we are. So, that was uh, Spooky Story number one. You kind of wanted a Ooh. bit of resolution, more resolution than just like picture outside your house being like, watch out. Like, what yeah. does it mean? I don't know. I mean, if you got that from somebody that you didn't, you know, that's a freaky text. Oh, yeah. I think I think I would have been freaked out um, uh, by the, with the picture, the picture of him standing in front of the TV. Yeah. Yeah. If it was framed really weirdly as well. Yeah. Smiling. Ooh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's not a good one. No. <laughs> nope. Well, that, that story, um, what, Sugar Daddy? Sugar Daddy, my Sugar Daddy asked me for strange favours. Yes, he does. Well, I, I, I'm going to give that 4.5 shivers out of 5. That's wow. a lot of shivers. That's a lot That's of shivers. A lot of shivers. That gave me some shivers. I'm going to go with 4 out of 5 on that one. That's, I, that's I intensely shivers. did not enjoy it, but I, think <laughs> I could have not enjoyed it more. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. All right, I've got a, I've got another short one. If you guys want it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's have it. Let's have it. All, right, all right. All right. So this one, I was asking uh, some friends for scary stories, and I asked my friend Verafter, and she told me a good story. So, she uh, in her family has an old ancestral house in India, and. She always hated this house. It's like this old, dingy house, and it was. It used to be beautiful in the past, but it's sort of got old and decrepit now. And it was designed to be like a Victorian townhouse, 
So it's got a cellar and sort of three stories and lots of big rooms. And she stayed in the bedroom that was opposite the dining room and the cellar was below the dining room. So um, she hated this house and when she was younger, she remembered going to a toilet and in the toilet, she noticed there was a spider. So she lifted up the seat of the toilet and underneath the seat of the toilet, there were five spiders all underneath yeah. the toilet seat and they crawled out. Um, so she always hated this house. And she went on a trip in a gap year and um, it was about like pre-monsoon season. So it was pretty like, humid, getting pretty stormy. And she went to visit her auntie who lived in this house. And um, when she got there, her auntie was busy. So she went and uh, sat in the drawing room. And in her drawing room, it's a big square room. And there was like a sofa in the middle and lots of framed pictures of her old relatives. Um, and they were on the walls all around facing inwards towards the sofa and most of those sort of relatives were dead it was only sort of one or two of them that were alive these were sort of really old portraits and she was like oh, I'll just make some tea for my aunt so she uh, made some tea and went and sat back down in the living room and she was sitting there and she looked up and she just knew she could feel that all the pictures were looking at her all of their eyes were like stuck to her and she was totally freed out and she moved and they seemed to follow her around the room she was like I, I can't stay in this room so she went out the room she told she told her aunt like the weirdest thing just happened like it felt like all the paintings in that room were looking at me and her auntie said that's so funny like I had a houseboy who was here and he said the same thing last week so that was the first thing that happened. And then, um, the next day, she uh, was away with some friends somewhere else. And she felt a bit unwell, so she had a little nap. And during her nap, it started to thunder, started to rain really heavily, like monsoon rain. So there was like huge amounts of thunder and the ground started to shake like when, when it rumbles. And in her head, she can hear this shaking and this rumbling of the thunder. And slowly, while she's in this dreamlike state, she can hear the, the thunder rumbling and it turns into more of a shouting. And then all she can hear is shouting and a man shouting at the top of his lungs. And it, she can see one of the photos from the day before of her great granddad who was just yelling, get out. And she snapped awake and she was like, what the fuck just happened? So that was it. That was her, um, that was her experience in the house in India. It's pretty freaky if that happened to you. I'd be horrified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. I don't like old photos. I don't like old houses. Mm. Yeah. Not a fan. Not It would be pretty freaky. I would not, uh, I don't know what to do. I kind of want it to happen in a weird way. So that I know what it's like when it happens. But at the same time, it, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing with horror films when they have like a haunted house or something, you know, that sort of thing. And you're just thinking, fuck, if that was me, I would just move. I would just leave and I would never come back. Mm. But 
obviously you can't just do that. No. You, yeah. you can't just sell your house in like the blink of an eye yeah. just because you got scared once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Ugh. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> what if humans laid eggs? Right. Okay. okay. Um, so I found this on a site called Creepy Pasta. Oh, nice. nice. How creepy is pasta? Very. I don't know. Not very. Not very. But no. That's the name of the website and there's not much uh, anyone can do about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this one is called Out in the Woods. Oh, okay, more woods. Return to the woods. So more woods. Yeah. No. So this could be shit, and if it is, then I'll just find another one. Hey, we'll go from there. Sam, don't undersell yourself. I'm excited. Yeah. Right. Let's do this. Jack's all, like, curled up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see him, but I bet he is. Okay. When I was a child, it was just me and my mother. We lived in a property owned by my grandma, a three-story old farmhouse right at the fringe of the woods. It was far off the road, down a long, unlit, gravel driveway. It felt very isolated at night, being so distant from any other houses, set in an area that hadn't been inhabited for 30 years before we started living in it. Quite often, I was was a fairly rambunctious child, so when my mum went off to work, I would occasionally skip the morning bus to school and stay home alone all day. The house had a habit of feeling incredibly lonely and sparse, so I spent most of my time playing in the forest out back, some distance, some distance into the woods, far enough that I couldn't hear my mother when she called, there was a toppled pine tree which had crashed into another and even larger trunk on its way down and was now frozen there, forming a long arc over the forest floor. I loved to climb up the jagged stump at the base of this fallen tree and then steady myself to a point just above the middle. I was never able to make it all the way to the top because I just got too, it just got too steep for me to continue any further and I had a bad habit of freaking out from how high up I was. One day, I was sitting in my usual spot on the fallen tree, which was a good distance from the ground, just listening to the birds singing simultaneously and feeling the warmth of the sun on my neck. Sorry, I forgot that one. Anyway, when I heard something strange from underneath the paralyzed, that paralyzed me in shock. Hey, kid. I was gripped by a sudden strong surge of fear for a moment voice had come from directly underneath me. I strained to look down, but couldn't see anything over the ledge. For a long time, I just sat there in absolute silence. I was at the point where I was almost soon to convince myself that I had imagined hearing a man's voice at all. I know you can hear me. His voice was much louder this time. As I yelled something out, wait, his voice was much louder this time as I yelled something out and scrambled up the log a bit higher. Trembling nervously, I dug my fingernails into the bark and held tight for dear life. I sat there, trying to collect my nerves for God knows how long. Although I couldn't see it, the presence of the thing underneath me was still clear. The bird's song was much softer and more cautious this time. When I listened closely, I swear I could hear the faintest echo of human breathing. Gathering all my courage, I vowed to prove to myself that it was all in my imagination by leaning over the ledge as far as I possibly could without slipping right off. Digging hard into the bark behind me, I stretched out along my arms and peered over, getting a full view of the empty forest floor and undergrowth, and undergrowth, and suddenly, come here or I'll come up and grab you. It was so... 
<laughs> it was so loud, it was as if it was being screamed right in my face. I realised I released my grip on the tree in fright and plunged off the platform. I was saved only by grabbing a nearby branch. For one awful second, my bare legs dangled in the cool air. When I pulled myself up, I ran at full speed to the top of the clapped pine, to the point I had never reached before. How do you run up a tree? If it's side colour. Yes, on an angle. Yeah, but isn't it... I thought it was going up at an angle. Oh, never mind. <laughs> big, <laughs> it doesn't big tree. <laughs> the big tree, there's... Yeah, you know it. It's a big old tree. I sat there, just below the rustling canopy, pissing myself and staring at the distant base where the splintered wood rose, fully expecting at any moment to see someone crawling rapidly up the pine towards me. Instead, all I heard was the wind whistling and the leaves above me blow, and occasionally snippets of birdsong. It was about two hours before my mother got home and found me, after much worried searching, trembling and crying at the top of her... At the, uh, after much worried searching... It, that bit doesn't make sense. Although this incident spooked both me and my mother, in time I somehow recovered. Exhibiting that naive heart of skin of a child, although I never went as far into the forest as I used to, and never again approached that fallen tree. Once when I was 12, I had the chore of taking firewood from the shed out back, just at the edge of the woods, and to bring it back inside the house. It was a tiresome job, and I always chose to do it at dusk when the air was brimming and with mosquitoes and a swampy fog that usually coated the lawn. By the time I had made my last round, I would sprint back to the house, spooked. One of my least favourite things about this job was that the shed was full of barn owls. If you have ever seen a barn owl's face staring at you from a dark roof corner, then you will know how uncomfortable that shed made me. One of these nights it got mistier than it had ever done before. Thick silver fog covered everything and limited my line of sight to a short sphere around. Even though the shed wasn't far from the house, I found myself feeling disorientated. And more than once I walked in the wrong direction. Both times for some reason walking straight into the woods. Oh, sorry. By the time I had reached my last load, <laughs> load. <laughs> it was too foggy to see the street. My eyes stung in the moisture and it made my vision blur, lurching forward. I managed to walk headfirst into a tree. Doubling over and dropping all of the wood, I was bundling I was bundling onto my feet with a hard crunch. As I went to pick them up, with my foot throbbing pretty hard, I realised that the ground was too misty for me to see my own knees. I decided to head into the house, since we had more than enough wood for one night. However, it was getting to be pretty dark and I couldn't make out any signifiers of which direction I was heading in. Even though I cautiously walked for several feet in all directions, Trying to figure out my position in the mist, I still couldn't find any point of identification. I couldn't even locate the fence or the gate, and the more I walked, the more I seemed to stumble into trees, pine needles and mud crunching under my feet instead of dew-covered lawn. After a while, I finally realised that I couldn't even find the shed anymore. Cursing myself for being so dumb, I became aware that I was lost somewhere in the fringe of the forest. Screaming out for my mother at the loudest possible volume was only met with a resounding silence from the depths of the mist all around from where I stood, affirming that I had wandered too far from the house to be heard. As a deep panic started to settle on me, I noticed a glimpse of something pink moving against a nearby pine trunk. Coming closer, I saw that it was a ripped-out square of pink paper. 
On it there was an arrow pointing left. Looks vaguely like something my mum might make, I rationalised, to keep me from getting lost. So, foolishly, I followed the direction set by that green arrow, shivering in the increasing cold. I kept walking for about five to ten minutes before needing to stop taking my breath. My heart was pounding so fast it was beginning to hurt. As I was sitting down, however, I spied what appeared to be another note fluttering on a nearby trunk. I noticed that this one was embedded with a long nail. It bore another arrow, this one pointing up, and a small, sloppily written note that said, This way. Despite my increasing panic, I convinced myself that these notes were only shot at getting were my only shot at getting back before midnight. Or nightfall. I was desperate to get the hell out of I was desperate to get the hell out, and my brow was cold with sweat. So I followed the green arrow to a point where I could just dimly make out another spot of pink. Up an incline of collapsed stumps and leaf litter. <clears throat> At this point it was getting pretty dark, and I had to strain both my eyes just to see a few metres ahead of me. Following the green arrows, feeling less and less sure where I was, I stumbled through the woods, groping out in the mist to feel the trees. I came across a third green note, which had another arrow pointing up again. This one led to an increasingly steep slope that I didn't recognise being anywhere near my house, and with a poorly drawn smiley face right above it. At this stage, I became too freaked out to cope. I started to cry. At this stage, I became too freaked out to cope and started to cry there a little. As I slumped against the pine stump, the possibility that I would be out in these woods all night was beginning to sink in, like a syringe being driven into the veins within my arm. I caught a glimpse of another pink square in the near distance, squinting hard, unnerved by these notes, all of which looked fresh and without a sign of decay despite the previous week's non-stop rain. I read it from afar. What I read made my blood turn cold. I stood to my knees. What does that mean? I went on my knees? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. I stood to my knees, dead silently, wobbling on them in fear. My ears were sensitive to any tiny prickle of noise in the mist. For a long time I stood there in the rolling fog, rereading, reading and rereading that horrible note over and over again before a snapping stick somewhere behind me caused me to sprint blindly, twigs snagging at my ankles and cutting my face as I ran. Written on the note in big green letters was my name. It felt like I was running for hours. All the while the rain and mist lapped at my back, at the back of my neck, like the decaying breath of somebody running right behind me. Somehow I made it back to the house. All the lights were off and I struggled to find the keys for another one. When I found them, I halted indoors. I bolted indoors and quickly crawled into bed where I remained, unsleeping till morning. Mum just thought I'd come inside and gone to bed and had thought to leave lights on. It was a miracle, aka some freakish coincidence that I even found the house at all. The final incident at that damn house was witnessed only by my mother. Up until then, she had never experienced any of the strange things I had, although we mutually shared the peculiar impressive quality that the house's interior had on us, and its placement in the dreary, imposing woods. Right. Although I was obviously never a popular kid by living way out in the country in the opposite direction from everyone else at my school, I did make some tight friends in my first year of high school. <clears throat> One of these friends, 
Amanda was her name, invited me over one night and I accepted. My mother drove me out to the place, which was about three miles away, and then drove me back home. Then drove back home myself. The night went well, we watched a horror movie, discovered some pizza and devoured some pizza and probably smoked a little pot. Hey. 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 <laughs> My mother went home alone where she intended to get some writing done. She worked for a magazine at that point. Sorry, side note. It was about midnight when I received an off-putting text from my mum, all caps. Is this a prank? I need to know immediately. Thinking it was some kind of joke, I texted back, calm yourself, is what a prank? Almost immediately the response was, are you at the house? Of course I responded no, though I was thoroughly weirded out. I didn't receive another message until around 3am she told me to go to my grandma's in the morning and to not, by any means, dare go home. I remember those bleak torrents of rain the day I went to my grandmother's and how terribly soaked I was when I finally got there. It was nearly two towns away. I had to fight the temptation to go home and drop off my bags, but mum's disturbing messages from last night were enough of a warning not to do so. Mm -hmm. When I arrived, Mum and Grandma were having lunch. But my mother seemed to be in some sort of a composed state. When I got a better look at her, I noticed that all the colour had drained from her face and she was slightly trembling. At one point, she even sent a small glass crashing to the floor after flinching at the cat brushing around her ankle. It's like Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Just like me. <laughs> Although cats can shit you up at times yeah, when you're not expecting yeah. them just to come out yeah, of nowhere. Um... It wasn't until later that night when my grandmother was sound asleep that she told me what had happened. Ooh, I wonder what it is. Mm. She, went <laughs> she went further as to forbid me from telling old grandma out of fear that it would horrify her superstitious soul too much. Oh, no. Superstition. <laughs> Very superstitious. This <laughs> it's a great song. Great song. Riding's on the trees. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. This was what happened the night when I was at Amanda's, oh. as she described in lurid detail. My mother was sitting on the first story in the living room, where she sat on the couch by the fire. Curtains opened to the view of the sunset. Hang on, read that again. I it up. My mother was sitting on the first story in the living room, where she sat on the couch by the fire. Curtains open to the view of the sunset on the canopy, going over her latest draft. At first it was so faint that she, could, she barely noticed it. After a while my mother became aware of, and vaguely irritated by, tiny thumping noises near her head, at the window. When she went over to investigate she saw fat brown moths. <laughs> <laughs> she saw fat brown moths of a kind we often get at that place buzzing madly into the glass. Reasoning that this was the cause of the sound, she returned to her work, however, however, feeling rattled in some kind of way. It was when the noises started to get sharper and louder that she paid more attention and saw that rocks were being thrown at the window and the total blackness of the forest edge. She saw them appear from the shadows of the bush. <laughs> she saw them appear from the shadows of the bush and then fall in an arc and bounce off the window. Looking carefully, she could see small cracks from where some heavy ones had hit. 
right beside where her head had been moments before. Temporarily captivated, she tried to peer into the darkness enough to make out where the rocks were coming from. Then, with a startled shock, she jumped back from the window as she saw me standing half behind a tree, right near the window, grinning wide and staring at her. My one visible eye stretched wide open, showing all the white. She barely stifled a scream seeing her own daughter standing there, just staring and smiling. Not only did the figure not move nor blink, it was standing by one of the nearest pines, far from where the rocks would be, were shooting up out of the bush, as they continued to do so in a loud downpour. My face unceasingly continued to press out at her, smiling. Thinking this was some kind of sick prank, hence the text, my mother shouted my name at the top of her lungs, frightened to the core. However, instead of responding, the mouth of the thing that looked like me behind the tree just started moving as if it were mouthing silent words really, really fast. Suddenly, it turned its head to the side and seemed to be talking to someone else behind the tree. My mum said, who couldn't be seen? But she, but she, but she could see a formless black shape hanging against the other side of the tree. The girl that looked like me kept staring at my mother and doing the silent speed talking thing, then turning and whispering to the thing next to her. Then she would turn back and start up again. Then breaking the monotonous spell, she suddenly pointed straight at my mother and started laughing. My mother screamed and fled to my bedroom on the second story, the only room with a working lock. There she put she shut herself in and sat at the far end of the bed as the rock began to pitter patter against the window downstairs dry heaving and weeping in fear. In my, in my room, my mother said she did not feel safe. There was an awful smell and a weird humming noise in the walls, as she described. She tried to pray for a time before giving up and just listening to the box pelt the walls and windows. Somewhere in the kitchen, she caught the distinct vibrant sound of a window actually smashing, and the weird, continuous humming. Listening more carefully, she could identify it has the softest hint of a mumbling voice. In absolute horror, she recognised the voice and then, virtually too afraid to look, she tilted her head up to the closet door where an awful white face could be seen staring right at her, uh, mouth contorting and gaping in what sounded like high-sped whispering. The closet door was only a metre for my mother. It started to open slowly. Oh, no. <laughs> In an, in an unimaginable explosion of terror, she immediately bolted to the door, only to fumble with the lock as bigger and bigger rocks came crashing through the window, which burst apart in a spray of glass shards before finally getting out. Running out of the house, completely keeping her eyes off the woods, getting into her car and driving off. She said that, she said that as she glanced back, right at the end of the prolonged drive, she saw two unmistakable human forms standing at my broken bedroom window watching as her car got further and further away from the house. This would be their final farewell, as my mother never, never stepped foot in that place again. As my mother told this story, she broke down into tears. I didn't doubt her, and I still don't. I honestly and fully believe that she experienced what she did, what she said she did. It was also quite clear that we were done living in that house once and for all. Oh God, there's still a bit more. Oh, oh no, I'm scared about the last bit. I thought that was the end. I feel like when right. things like this end, they give you a good end, and then they just like... They give you a little bit extra. Then they give you that extra. Twist it back in, they go, yeah. like, oh. Fuck. Okay, go on, Sam. Go on. <laughs>
we've reached the Jack Lidgley ending, but now we need to reach the real I ending. I hope so. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see where this goes. I only went back once with my dad, who I see very rarely now. He came from another state to help us move. Mum had already found a place in town and moved in. My dad and I just loaded up his truck with all that was left inside the house. It was a, it was a silent, sunny morning and we removed all the stuff and emptied the place. I wish I could say there was, was some closure, some final spooking to cap it all off, but there wasn't. It was just a relief to be out of there. There are, however, only two things left worth mentioning. When we checked the house for any signs of intruders, we found that several windows, including the one in my bedroom and the kitchen, had been smashed and rocks were lying on the floor. Dad went out, too. Dad went out into the trees for a bit to take a leak. When he came back, he asked how long we'd had the swing set for. Needless to say, we'd never had a swing set. So I was fairly unsettled to discover that in the week since we'd been gone, someone had assembled a rope swing set from one of the highest branches of the old pine over the ridge, against which was the fallen log I'd stopped climbing many years ago. It was obviously new rope and a nicely polished, sanded down wooden seat at the base. Dad, wanting to keep my mind from recent events, said that a neighbour probably set it up, not realising that it was on our property. Of course, he knew as well as I did that we had literally no neighbours for at least a mile in any direction. There were no houses in that. There were no houses in all that space, and never in my time living there did I ever see another. Did, did I ever see another sign of human life? But I let it all go and was pleased enough just to say good riddance to that horrible place as he drove off for good. For the most part, I found it best to try and forget what happened to that place. Sometimes I just can't help but ponder it, though. It's been long enough, it's been long enough now that I no longer feel scared, about to- scared talking about it, but for a long while I couldn't. Ah. Well. Bloody hell. Wow. That was... That was pretty good, Sam. That was pretty good. That yeah. was pretty goddamn scary. Yeah, spooky I've, spooked me. You've gone down the I fumbled it up a me. bit. It's, it's white text on a black background, and I don't have my glasses, so... Oh, God. Even, even the, it must have looked spooky to read. That's... Um, Imagine that's the point. Oh, yeah, how, that many, how many shivers would we give that? I don't, I'm going to give that a full five shivers, you know. I think you're Ooh. right. I think that's a full five shivers that, for me as well. That was, there was lots that of was suspense. It was, it was, in terms of how a horror film would work, it was, you know, this like building up suspense and then release and then rebuild and release kept building yeah, up. Yeah, it's quite so. good. Yeah. Yeah. It was nicely written as well. Yeah. Actually. Well done. Well done. Oh. How... Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> to be fair, that did have quite a few of the hallmarks of a good horror story. It did. Had a fucking creepy kid yeah. in the woods, yeah. an old house, oh, uh, and and some darkness. And a tree. Uh, darkness. Being alone. Yeah. Darkness. Mm, yeah. Cupboards opening. All that good shit. Cat. Yeah, yeah, big fat moths. Big fat. Dad's <laughs> taking pisses out out in public. <laughs> Dad's being absent. <laughs> Absentee fathers. You know. Oh dear. No, that oh, was good. Fun. That was um. That was fun. I don't think Jack's gonna get much sleep tonight. Oh no, I'll be fine tonight. 
in you think? the future. In the very future. Co- very confident going into that, Jack. Yeah. No, I, I will be. That's good. But, That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. No, but now I know those stories. I mean, I haven't... I'd, I haven't seen them, so I find if I read them, it's slightly less horrifying, but still pretty horrifying. See, when I was younger, I tried to read some of the Goosebumps, and mm. they were so scary, I couldn't, I couldn't read them. They Goosebumps? They fucked me up. Yeah, they're like books called Goosebumps. Oh. oh I haven't read them. I don't, I don't Have know. Have you never heard them. of them? They're really famous. They're like famous spooky kid stories, but they were like, they were pretty horrifying, to be honest. <laughs> Did you ever read the um, the book about the skeletons? Mm, don't think so. What about it? Where the whole book would just be like, in a dark, oh, in a dark, dark yes, street, yeah, in a dark, dark, oh, dark house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do remember you know, that. Oh, those are so weird. Those are kids' books. Yeah. <laughs> in a dark, dark house, in a dark, dark room, in a, in a, in a yeah. you know, in a dark, dark closet, there were all these fucking skeletons. Yeah. Just living. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> I I, all I remember is that like use of dark dark. I don't actually remember. No, I can't remember any about. of the details. Yeah. I mean, have either of you read The Woman in Black? No, but I've seen the theatre play and it play fucked me up. Yeah. It was horrifying. The I was book so scared. is probably the only book I've ever read where I've actually been properly afraid reading it. I would. Yeah. It's, it's a. Ah. Uh, it's a difficult book. I don't it think is. I could read horror because I always read in bed and I think that would actually upset me. Yeah. Because all while I've seen something scary and then gone to bed like a bit afterwards, it's fine. Yeah. But if I'm literally about to go to sleep and I'm thinking about horrible things while reading them, like, I don't yeah. know, I don't think I could hack that very well. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been scared by a book. That's surprising. You read a have lot. You, have you read The Woman in Black, though, Sam? No. Well, I, but is that, okay, is that a scary one? It's that a is, scary one. It's a scary one. Like, um, some, a couple of people did a, like, a production of it when we were at school. They did it really well because it was genuinely terrifying. I actually fell off my seat yeah. at one point. <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> it's a show in London and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's unpleasant. You go it and is, watch it and it fucks it you up. distinctly... Ooh. So I hope everyone enjoyed this most spooky of episodes. I struggled, uh, to be <laughs> honest, getting through it. I, oh yeah, there's some spooky parts. I, I held it together largely, I would say, but, but Sam and Tim could see me squirming away on my seat for... <laughs> Large yeah, there were a few squirms. There were a few squirms. It was uh, a squirmy worms. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Until next time, uh, I've been Jack. Um, I have been Tim, and um, oh, I've got nothing. I've been Tim. <laughs> I've been the se- the second spookiest Tim. Go on, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, I've been Sam. <laughs> <laughs> So resigned. I've been Sam. Uh, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, um, The Pumpkin that Sam is going to carve tonight. <laughs> yes. Yep. Absolutely. That's exactly where you a can find it. A terrifying, ghostly apparition of a small child, which when on closer inspection just appears to be Tim. 
<laughs> oh god. Or wherever you get your podcasts. wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Oh. Thank you, everyone. Tune in next Bye. week. Bye. Adios. What if humans laid eggs? What if humans laid eggs? What if humans laid eggs?